Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Charles Stead. Charles is a sole trader, i.e., entrepreneur business owner based in Cardiff, UK. He built his company Stead Supplies from scratch with cold calling and operates a successful business without a website, social media, or any digital presence at all while spending $0 on marketing and advertising. He's also the creator of the Cold Calling Pros Facebook group, a community where cold callers from around the world can stay connected, motivated, and share what works when it comes to generating new business from cold calling. Charles, pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Morgan. I'm doing good. Have you done any more research on your first name (laughs) and last name since we last spoke? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but it's your name, it's your name, you know, you've got a long time to sort it out. Do it. I'm going to do a test, not accept any members into this, into this cold calling pros group. And then right at the end, when we finish speaking, I'm going to tell you how many members have, are waiting to get in. All right. Yeah, no, that's good. And just so the listeners know, I have, I was speaking to Charles the other day. and He asked if I knew the origin of my name. I said, no, it's a, Welsh name, he told me. So we were chatting about First that. First name and last name. First name and First and last. Absolutely. First and last. So Charles, there's a lot I really want to get into. But first off, can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now? Okay, so I won't go too far into the background. I'll go for my professional career. So my professional career started when I was 18 years old. I worked for a company called British Gas, which is the biggest company in the UK for gas and electric. And I started there in telesales. I was in inbound telesales and they did an intensive training course for two weeks. That's where I learned my phonetical alphabet, which I still use to this day. I've never forgotten it. And what happened was I was taking these inbound calls and I was already frustrated because I could see there was an academy of, say, 10 guys being trained up to do outbound calls. And I just kept glancing over at these guys. And, you know, they say the grass is always greener and things like that. Well, certainly the grass was definitely greener over in that academy. These guys were they were getting all the best girls. They were treated like royalty because these were the guys bringing the business in. These were the guys that were out there. They were hustling. They were grinding. And they were taking their personalities on the phone. And I was like, I want to be over there. So I got into the academy. And that's when I started doing outbounds. They call it telesales over here in the UK, cold calling. And, and I loved it. And it led to another company in the UK called Legal in General. Again, it may not translate well uh, worldwide or in America, but Legal in General 
again, is one of the is probably the biggest UK company for life insurance. So it's certainly one of the longest standing uh, British companies for life insurance. I was there for about four and a half years. I was in they call them call centres over here. So I was in the boiler room, the boiler room type of environment. A hundred people on the floor. We knew all the tricks in the book. We knew about the rapid time, go off on breaks, go to toilet breaks. You know, we used to know all the tricks in the book in terms of that. But there was always this feeling that I, I could always push myself at any given moment. So I'd win like competitions and things. I'm not saying that it came easy to me to be good on the phones in terms of creating rapport and building relationships, selling on the phone and things like that, because I never had any kind of training on it. But it was interesting because of my personality. So whenever we had like a sales training meeting where there were changes to the script, for example, or they used to pull me off the phones to do, uh, they called it quality monitoring. So they used to monitor the calls, record the calls, and then go into the where you've gone right, where you've gone wrong. And all the guys, management-wise, they were so apprehensive of me. So say there would be like a, a meeting of 15 people all together, gr- crowded around together with a change in the script, for example. I was always the last one to speak because they always they used to go around everybody and they used to say, right, Charles, this meeting's gone really well. Have you got anything to add? And I used to be like, yeah, it's funny you should ask me to contribute. And then I just used to tear them a new one. The call center manager wouldn't even look me in the eye. I was notorious. My personality was strong and I wouldn't accept bullshit from people, you know, and they kept changing the goalposts with commission, with the scripts, with the rapid time, with... Anything they could, we were guinea pigs, we were lemmings in that call center. And then I moved then into recruitment because they, I was on four disciplinaries, at this, four separate <laughs> disciplinaries. At the, there was, the company had 2,000 people in card uh, working for them. And I was the only person that had ever had four separate disciplinaries at the same time. So I kind of <laughs> maybe the best thing would be to leave whilst they were asking me to leave, if that makes sense. You know, we kind of went our separate ways, mutual agreement. So I went into aerospace recruitment in 2008. Um, I was there for nine months. I was there, but I was there by myself. So I was cold calling by myself. I was doing CVs. I was placing uh, people into jobs. I was cold calling these people. So I was actually calling people to ask if they would like a job and get placed into a job and things like that. And I was there with two guys, the two owners of the business. Uh, one of them is actually my mentor to this day. And then the credit crunch arrived. So the credit crunch arrived around 2007, 2008. And I was made redundant for the first time. So I know how that feels like. And then I started the company in April 2009. It was a company in Cardiff. I seen an advertisement on a job site. I liked the look of it. I went there to have an interview. The gentleman, he really liked the way I came across. And he said, that's great. But I said, there's no pay. The problem is I've got one child already. But I have a daughter that's actually three weeks old, I think, at the time. And I said, you know, I can't just have no pay. The guy said, okay, well, I'm going to speak to the owner of the company and we'll let you know that, you know, it's commission only. So I actually drove away from the interview, from the place, from the business, and I called my mum. And my mum said to me, I was on the way to another interview. And she said, Charles, do you like the place? Do you like the energy? What do you think? And I said, yeah, I actually really think I'd enjoy it there. And I'm up for the challenge. It's something different. I've never, I don't even know what an ink cartridge is. I don't know what a toner cartridge is. I've never even used a printer. But I'm up for the challenge. It sounds really, really interesting. So she said, uh, this was literally halfway to the next interview. She said, turn around, go back, speak to the owner, lay your cards out and see what they say. And that's exactly what I did. I turned the car around. I spoke to the owners, the two owners of the company, and we just came up with an agreement. They just paid me less than a minimum wage. And in my first, I was there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on a trial basis. Didn't get paid. 
So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I went for free, just use my own time. And they said, let's do it on a trial basis. Let's see how you do. And then hopefully come back in on the Monday and then we'll pay you the end of that week. And I got a customer the first day. I got a school the second day. I got a couple of accounts. Didn't know what I was doing, Morgan. I didn't know what <laughs> I was saying. I didn't know what an ink cartridge was. One of the first cold calls I made for the company, I got shouted at by a woman who said, stop calling me. And I was like, it's my first day. And I looked around the office and there's only me and another guy and he's on lunch. So I can't even speak to anybody. And it's like, okay. So basically that was uh, in a company I was there for six years. So what's interesting then is that my career took a turn at the age of 31. In July 2015, I got involved in network marketing in a big way. I'd already been previously involved a couple of years before that. I was already introduced to Jim Rowan. I was already introduced to a, a few people. But what happened was in July 2015, at that point, I was on my fourth child. So I'd already had one child in 2003. 2009, that was a three-week-old baby. That's obviously, um, she was six at the time. Another child arrived in 2012. Another child arrived in 2015. So it was at that point that I had a crossroads in my life. And I looked around my office and I thought to myself, there's got to be more out there for me. Morgan, genuinely, I'm not uh, religious, but genuinely, I was like, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be here forever. Which is fine because I was getting paid more than I've ever got paid. I was opening up accounts all the time. I really enjoyed what I was doing. But I looked around the office, the four walls, and I just thought, because network marketing, in my opinion, MLM, it gives you that ability to think more outside the box, if that makes sense. If you look at the positive experiences. So what happened was I wrote a resignation letter and I actually left. Um, I left. So actually, I actually walked out of the best paid job I'd had. I went into network marketing. I made no money. And it's so interesting to know that I made no money. I put so much time, effort, blood, sweat, tears into network marketing and made nothing. Met so many amazing people. I learned so much in terms of personal development, in terms of motivation. That's when I first started looking at Eric Thomas. I looked at the teachings of every single mentor. I can, I can name you know, 15 right now off the top of my head. And then what happened was about 11 months into me making no money, my mentor, the, the gentleman that was in the aerospace recruitment company, I went to his office and he said, Charles, where is the area where you've got the most experience? And I said, well, inks and toners, cold calling. And he said, okay, I, I wanted to go back to the company that I'd left. And I tried to, and they couldn't afford me again, or they tried to make out they couldn't afford me, whatever. So what happened then was he said, go to the competitors. So I did. So I went to the competitors. I didn't want to do it, but my old company didn't want me back. So I went to the competitors and I said, my name's Charles Stead. I used to work for this company. They already knew who I was. So I was already, they already knew who I was. So my reputation already preceded that conversation. One company, I met the owner of the company. We had a cup of tea. He was also a friend of mine. He gave me a, a sheet of paper and he said to me, name your deal. You know, name your deal. I said, this is all I'm looking for. You know, this is all I'm looking for. So yeah, so, so I went back uh, with him for two months. I got my mojo back. I got my confidence back. Um, it was incredible. Morgan, it was incredible. Life was going well. Um, really, really well. I had a baby due in the November 2017. So I left in July uh, 2015 and I went back. My apologies. Let me get the dates right. 2000, I got so many children. I got to make sure I got the dates. <laughs> 2019, 2016. Okay. So yeah, 2016. He was born in November 2016. So I went back into the industry in maybe June 2016. I stayed there for two months. But what happened was my old company had realized I was back in the game. 
I went back the, against the advice of every person I spoke to. And what happened is I went back to the old company that I'd been there for six years. And at this point now, I, I used to have my own desk. I was now sharing half the desk with another cold caller. But I was humble because I wanted to try and make amends. So I actually disappointed the guy that took a chance on me to get back into the industry. So he was obviously upset and that affected that relationship. And then what happened then was I went back to the company. I was there a month, Morgan, and they didn't pay me. They didn't pay me when they said they were going to pay me. They were supposed to pay me on the Friday. They didn't pay me. So I actually, I got up. I spoke to the owner of the company. I said, I'm sorry, but you've gone back on what we agreed. And he just kind of smiled and said, well, you know, so did you 11 months ago. Because, you know, I got, I got played or what have you. And so what happened then was, which is really interesting, I drove away and I called another company. I spoke to the owner straight away. He knew who I was. I said, I'm available right now. He said, Charles, I go to Spain tomorrow. I said, no problem, but you're the first person I'm calling. Otherwise, I'm calling this company, that company, that company, that. So we met up in a Starbucks. Again, similar situation. He said, what are you looking for? Blank piece of paper. I said, this is what I'm looking for. I was there for nine months. I sold stationary inks and toners. I'd never sold stationery before, but I sold stationary inks and toners. I really enjoyed it. Again, I enjoyed being back in the office environment. I was kind of by myself a lot of the time. There was no other sales staff in the company. They were there for 15 years, so they, they had a lot of recurring business. Their new business was very poor because they had no sales staff. But the owner of the company kept coming by my desk, Morgan, and the lines that I've used that I know that you know from the live power hours, all those lines, the script hasn't changed in 10 years. It hasn't changed. It's maybe slightly amended, but the foundation of my script has not changed at the beginning, middle, and the end of the cold call. And he was coming by my desk, and he was overhearing what I was saying, and he's like, Charles, why would you tell somebody this? Or why wouldn't you tell somebody that? And I said, well, it works for me. Just just wait for the results. They'll come. And the results did yeah. come. Unfortunately, in March of 2017, I was sent a text message uh, when I was on holiday. And I was sacked by text message. So there's a lot of politics going on within the company. There's only five people, you know. <laughs> but politics mm-hmm. can be a very tricky thing when somebody new like myself comes in and rocks the boat. Um, there were certain people in the company that obviously were being affected by that rocking of the boat. So I was gone. So they actually sacked me. That's the first time in my career that I believe I've ever been sacked um, outright without me walking off at the same time, you know. So I was sacked and I was begging anybody with a pulse to tr- to come into business with me. Um, I was thinking about names of companies. Everyone was offering me the world in terms of, yeah, I'll come into business 50-50, 33% split with three people. I've got an office. I've got this. I've got that. I've got contact. And you know what, Morgan? This is what happened. I realized if it's to be, it's up to me. And what I did is I called up one supplier that I'd got a good relationship with. So I've got no money. They gave me a 500 pound credit limit. They said, Charles, just go for it. I've got Excel spreadsheets of data that I've been using for before I started working for myself. I set up the company called Stead Supplies, but it took me about six months to even get used to the name. because obviously it's my surname Supplies. It was very difficult to get used to that. On the first morning, I believe it was the 29th of March of 2017. I might have to check the dates. On the first morning of my own company, making cold calls for my own company, my children were in the kitchen having breakfast. It was around 8.45. We were leaving for, to go to school 10 minutes later. I thought, I'm just going to quickly jump on a borrowed laptop on my house phone and make a couple of calls just to get into it. And then when I get back, I can then move, move into it. The first cold call I made for Stead Supplies, guy answered the phone. I told him who I was. I told him what I was about. 
And he said to me that he bought the toner from Staple. And I said, okay, you must be paying around £45. He said, wow, how do you know that? I said, trust me, I know my shit. He <laughs> said, okay, how much is yours? I said, it's £25. He said, yeah, but it's a non-original. I said, okay, but you've never, I've never called you before. You've never used me. I said, would you be willing to give me a go? He said, do you know what, Charles, I would. L- let me have one of them and I'll, c- I'll come back to you, if, you know, if it's good and I'll hopefully order more. I said, no problem, but it's £5 delivery. It's not free. My mum always used to bring me up in life. She used to bring me up to say that nothing in life is free. You don't get something for nothing in this world. And he agreed. That's right. 100%. So it's £5 delivery, £25 for the toner. Boom. The phone went down. The first ever cold call for Stead Supplies ended up being the first call close. Damn. And he's still with me to this day. And I still speak about it to this day. I won't go into the stats of my own company because it doesn't really mean anything if you're not in the industry. But currently in just over two years of trading, I've got about 450 companies and they include McDonald's. And McDonald's, I think at the moment, is the second biggest company in the world. Uh, There's a company called Specsavers, which is a 2 billion turnover company in the UK. I think they're on the FTSE 500 or the FTSE 250. And I've got 33 Specsavers out of 800. Bearing in mind, you know, I'm not just a, a guy in a little bedroom office in Cardiff. I'm a nobody. I like to be seen as a nobody, Morgan. I like to be seen as a just a one-man band. And the one-man band is now turned into 450 customers with no advertising, no marketing, no social media presence. And you won't find me on Google. Wow. That's an inspirational story. Uh, I didn't know that whole story, but just from interacting you since we started chatting with each other probably about a, a year ago, and, and of course seeing the cold calling that you've been doing on Facebook Lives, which I want to get into. I can definitely see where you get your moxie from, right? And where you get your attitude and confidence from. Absolutely. So I want to know when it comes to cold calling, kind of before we start talking about the Facebook Lives or before we start really getting into kind of what you're doing now, this is a broad question, but at a high level, what are couple three key things that you think have contributed to your success when it comes to cold calling? I think attitude is everything. So I think the energy that you can distribute yourself, for example, giving somebody a smile is free. That may be something that's free in life, maybe, giving somebody a smile. But it doesn't cost you anything. That's what the saying says. It doesn't cost you anything to smile. And I think when I'm in a low energy state and I don't want to call and and it's like the worst thing in the world to think about, what I do personally is I go back to basics. So they've got this acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid. And it's so simple Mm -hmm. because when people have a little bit of success, they forget the steps that it to get them there. They completely forget what got them there. And when they are there, they've then got to maintain that success. So uh, the noise in the background, by the way, Morgan, is an actual boiler. <laughs> We're in the boiler room. Yeah, isn't it? I'm joking. That, that's an actual, I don't know if you, boiler resonate uh, America, but that's oh, we got them. that you hear. We got them. Yeah, well, this is genuinely a boiler room. It is. Absolutely. Do you see what I'm saying about energy? So I believe in Definitely. the laws of the universe, the 12 laws of the universe. Obviously, I'm Absolutely. not going to go into it, but laws of vibration, laws of attraction. Just for example, not even the laws of attraction, go into laws of vibration. And you look at the laws of vibration. And I think for me, all you have to do, and this is what I have to do, you have to emotionally detach yourself from the outcome of the call. You have to emotionally detach yourself from any part of the call. You get hung up on. People are like, what? He just hung up on me? I'm going to call him back and, you know, oh my God, I can't believe he hung up. They don't know you. You're just one of many cold callers that day. There could be five, ten cold callers that day. They don't know Charles Stay. 
If I get hung up on, I put it on my notes, I go back to it three months, six months later, and I see the notes hung up on. Say the guy's name is Morgan Williams. And I say to him, yeah, I got, I got, he hung up on me last time. So Morgan Williams hung up on me last time. I look at the notes, and this is what I say. I go into the call. Hey, Morgan, it's Charles. I go, big, big energy, more than normal. Hey, Morgan, it's Charles. I work for myself down from Cardiff. How are you doing? He's like, yeah, good. I'm like, listen, mate, I'll cut to the chase. No bullshit. Give me the name of your printer. I sell the printers for the diagnostics, the emissions, the analyze, the MOT printer. What you got? What are you saying? Well, I got a brother. Okay, is it DCP, HL, MFC? It should have four numbers after it. Well, it's a HL2250. Okay, well, it's a TN2220. Toner? Listen, Morgan, I'll be up front with you. I don't touch the originals with a barge pole. And Morgan's like, okay. Okay, so what do you say? Okay, £20. £20 with a five delivery. What do you reckon? That's a good price. Or would you be willing to give me a... I'll tell you, listen, Morgan, I work for myself, mate. I haven't got time for the sunshine rainbows. I don't do sales to it. But I work from home. I've got five kids, four in the age of 10. And I've been working for myself for two years and I've got the scars to prove it. So if you give me a go, then I'd much prefer you come back to me with a repeat order when you're ready. But you need to give me that opportunity first because I ain't calling you back. And Morgan's just like, what the f*** is going on right now? Because <laughs> that's what you were just thinking when I was talking. That's what you were thinking right then as I was oh, talking, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he hung up on me last time. So that's the point. People are emotional creatures, but the marketplace doesn't give a fuck about your feelings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care about your feelings. The marketplace is there for you to give value. And if you can give the most value, then you will be reciprocated monetary-wise. You will be reciprocated in some aspect. You will, because you have to give value. I mean, look at this. Hopefully, we'll get into it. The, the Facebook group. The reason why the Facebook group is popping off right now is because of the value I've been giving to the Facebook group on a daily basis since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Even when there was hardly any members, even though when there was no interaction, I was giving value. I've given more. I'm a sales professional group. There's 40,000 people in the group. I was in the group for the first three weeks of February. Uh, my apologies. I joined the group on around the 20th, 21st of February. Around the same time I started my group, I was there. How long was I there for? They posted the top contributors of the group I'll try and send you the screenshot of it. I'll get the information from one of the admins. And I was number one. And I didn't even know this existed. I did not even know this data existed because I'd never been an admin of a group before. So I didn't know it existed. And I was number one contributor within three weeks of the four weeks. So the four weeks was the full month or whatever it was. And I was the top contributor. And I'd had something like 150 posts with 883 comments. The next person down had two posts and like 500 comments. So they were like commenting on every post, but they'd only posted twice. I'd posted like 150 or whatever the figure was, a crazy figure. And I commented because what I did, and hopefully we'll get into this, into the live, <laughs> I give before I receive. I give so much value to people, to, to groups, to companies, and I've never been financially rewarded for it. Well, my time will come, Morgan, my time will come. And people will be like, how the hell? Is he like a light-skinned black Gary V? What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> Come out of nowhere, this Charles Stead. Is he Steed or Stead? And they'll be like, no, it's Stead, man. Come on, I'm famous. You know, it's all about human <laughs> value. I definitely say, I've, I've gone off the point. I definitely say attitude is everything. I mean, look at the way I'm talking now. But look at the way I could be talking if something was going on in my life. Somebody had passed away. I'd have financial difficulties. A relationship had broken down. I'd be speaking in a different energy state. I'd be speaking in a low negative energy state. You get on the phone to do cold calls in that state, then the person, they will feel that energy from you. 
You go onto a call, that's why they call it smiling and dialing. It's so true. You go onto the call and they don't know what's going on in the background, Morgan. You could have, you could listen, you could be like one wrong step away from death itself and you could still get on that call and you could just make it fun. So that's number one. The attitude is number one. The second thing is, and it ties into that, is the self-talk. The battle that you have is with inside your head. The battle is not the competition. The competition is you. You have to increase your growth by 1% every day. So every day you look at your day, are you doing better today than you were yesterday? If you grow by 1% every day, then that's 365% in a year. The self-talk is what you have to, you have to realize, you have to compartmentalize uh, the psychology of cold calling. You're ringing somebody, you're interrupting them, you're disrupting them, the makeup of their day, and you're taking up their time. Sometimes you're not even asking permission to take up their time. You're just taking up their time. And, you know, you're trying to give as much information about your products and services. And it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. And what cold callers don't generally realize is that they have to use their personality, but they also have to be passionate and determined about their product and their service. They have to do that self-talk continuously throughout the day. Zig Ziglar said, he said that motivation is like having a bath. We recommend you do it daily. You know, so motivation is very important. And I know T.D. Jakes, he talks about the, the devil is not outside. The devil is inside your head. The, the person inside your head saying you can't do it. That's the person that you need to battle against every single day. Patrick Bet David did a fantastic video on it. And he says even successful people to this day, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Richard Branson, even the top guys, they still battle with their minds every day. And if those guys battle with their minds, then what chance have we got? And that's where you need to focus on. So I think the attitude, the self-talk, I think, is so crucial. And I think the third thing, if, if you're asking for three things, I'm going to end on this. You have to be yourself. I get asked daily about Jordan Belfort uh, sales training programs. Charles, what do you think about this? I get asked about Grant Cardone. I get asked about Brian Tracy. I get asked about all these sales gurus and trainers. And what they're asking me is, Charles, have you done this program? I'm like, I haven't, I've never paid for a sales program in my life. Never. YouTube is an amazing source of information, but also I've been sent certain things. I've never paid for it. I'm not saying I'm not against not paying for it. I've just never paid for it. Never had to. Because you have to be yourself. What you have to understand is that I reached a a critical uh, moment of self-development, personal development, when I was 31 years old. Before the age of 31, I was still killing it on the phones. Didn't even know who Zig Ziglar was. I read Zig Ziglar's book, and he was saying some things that I was saying on the phone, and I didn't even know who this guy was. So how is that even possible? You have to be yourself. Morgan, you have to. Uh, this is what call callers have to understand. They have a script. Perfect. They've got to play. You know, they've got to play or they've got a rebuttal to deal with rebuttals and objections. That's fine. One call closed, two call closed, whatever. Loop in. You call it whatever you want. And then you can go into the, like I said, with the, the tonality, you know, the matching, the mirroring. Fantastic. They say that call callers, uh, salespeople, they have to listen. I think it's something like 70% of the time. You've watched me do cold calls. Mm-hmm. I don't listen 70% of the time. I talk 80% of the time. So you can't use Charles Stead as an example of listening on a call. I'm not listening on a call. You do the analysis of my calls. Apparently, I'm doing it all wrong in that sense. But I don't care. There's 7 billion people in this world, and there's only one motherfucking Charles Stead. That's it. There's only one. There's me. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I think that's the three things that I would take from that. The first thing, is the attitude. The second thing is the self-talk, which obviously ties into the two. And the third, you have to be your, be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Wow. 
And I, I just want to point out before moving on, those three things, the three mo- most important things that came to his mind that he mentioned had nothing to do with a sales script, right? It had nothing to do with closing techniques. It had nothing to do with any software or any sort of new you know, sales enablement tool. It all came down to the inner game, right? What's going on inside your head, how well you can manage your emotions and how well you can transfer your energy to the prospect you're speaking with and get them confident in you, your company and your product enough to the point to where they will, you know, decide to work with you. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Let's talk about the Facebook group. Let's talk about Facebook Live and kind of what you're doing with that. Okay, so I joined Periscope very briefly because you've got to have a bit of context. I joined Periscope in July 2015. It seemed to be a critical moment in my life that month. I was doing live Periscopes on the way to work in my car. Didn't even know what Periscope was. Never joined Twitter. 160 characters was never enough for me. Apparently, they've doubled it. I'm still not interested in joining Twitter. I got too much shit to say for 160 or whatever the character limit. <laughs> so, uh, joined Periscope. The first time I was on Periscope, it's a true story. <laughs> I'm doing these live videos. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. On a live video, generally speaking, the camera is facing you on a phone. The camera is facing you, but if you look at the camera, you can't see yourself. If you look at yourself, then your eyes are not facing the camera. It's a very weird situation. So mm-hmm. they were, people were tapping the screen. All love hearts and love hearts coming on, all these different colors and everything. My kids were on there. You know, I was, I was doing the, 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 the scopes, as they call them, on the way into work and whatever. But I, from the very first periscope, from the very first scope, people were connecting with me. They were following me. Dude. I remember I did 200 live videos. I had one follower on average for every video. So I had 200 followers and 200 videos. And I was thinking to myself, what the hell do I have to do to get more followers? It's like one follower every video. I mean, how many videos do I have to do? A thousand? But obviously I didn't realize that if I continued with the periscope, imagine the growth I'd have right now. So I was with uh, Periscope for maybe three months. And then what happened was I transitioned into Facebook Live. I believe I was one of the first people in the UK to have Facebook Live. And the reason why I believe it is because some of the leaders in network marketing in general in the, in the UK, I was going on Facebook Live and they didn't have the button to go live. Mm. They didn't have the, they wanted to go live, but they didn't have the, bear in mind, there was no other platform to go live. I think there was a few other platforms before Periscope, but there was no other platform to go live in, in, in a social media aspect with a big audience. And I was going live every day. So I've done like, oh, I don't know, I've done over a thousand videos. It's got, it's, I can't even remember how many videos I've done in terms of live videos. But this is the reason I love live videos. I love live videos because you can see firsthand live the authenticity, the passion, the determination, the energy, the positivity. But then you can also see the other side where people can be vulnerable. They, they can show their emotions. They can get upset. They can get angry. You see a whole range of emotions, and I think you've seen my whole range of emotions on one power yep. hour. Yeah, 100%. So with the live videos, this is the reason why I think my audience is getting stronger, is because I'm real. But I love researching cold calling videos. There's not many live cold calling videos out there. There's not many nope. people who do live cold call, like live. We're not talking recorded, so you can do the takes five times. And I will tell you this as well. All of the sales trainers, leaders in the industry right now in terms of sales training, I've never seen one of them, and I'm not disputing that they've had great success with cold calling in the past, but I've never seen one of them do cold calling, ever. And the author of the books, because they're too far gone. 
Grant, Grant Cardone doesn't need to do a cold call anymore. Doesn't need to. Jordan Belfort, you won't catch him on the phone on a Sunday, two o'clock, ringing McDonald's, trying to sell the mink, you know? I, but <laughs> I digress because they don't need to at their level. But in my view, there's certain stages you go through. I'm going through a stage where I don't know where my next step is. I don't know where I could have the most impact on the world. But one thing I will say, each one teach one. Each one teach one. One person at a time. One person at a time. I think this is where people get it wrong in terms of building a following. I think they need to They look at people with a following 10,000 and they're like, how the hell did they get to 10,000? It's one at a time. How do you eat a, an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. How do you walk up the mountain? It's one step at a time. Everything's one at a time. But yeah, I definitely think the Facebook Live is really interesting. So I was on Periscope. I tried to do live cold calling sessions on Periscope. It was the wrong audience. It was the wrong audience. These people were weird. They were so <laughs> They were weird. They were asking to come into my scopes. I was letting them in. They were like, no, the video was there, but there was no black screen. And there was just me and a, like three viewers. And this guy asked to come in, it was black screen. He said, hey man, I like the sound of your voice. And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. I'm from Cardiff, you know, I sell ink. And I'm like, what are you up to, man? He's like, just watching you, man. And I'm like, okay, cool. So um, <laughs> I need to like get on with my calls. And he's like, yeah. And I'll still be watching. I'm like, okay, okay, I need to come off Periscope. I need to, yeah. <laughs> I, need to move, I need to move back onto Facebook. So I, I tried to do live cold calling sessions on my own Facebook page. Didn't happen very well because there's a lot of people on there. I don't know if you've experienced this yourself. I think we, we've discussed this before. When mm-hmm. you're trying to reach another level of success, there are people that are trying to uh, build you up and there are also people that are trying to put you back down. When you meet a person at a certain level, that's usually the level that you'll always see that person. So that's what you find with school friends. That's what you find with family. And if that's you interesting. Read, it is. I'm sure you, you find the same with your podcast. You know, if your podcast becomes one of the most successful B2B podcasts in podcast history, you know, or where the stats fingers are. Crossed. You, you, you're right. Yeah. Oh, no fingers crossed. I mean, luck is for leprechauns and you ain't green. I've seen your profile picture. And you don't look like a typical Morgan Williams, but, you know, I've seen it. You ain't green. So for me, it's, it's about understanding that this journey, that's why people say trust the process. You know, you've got to hold the vision and trust the process. I know you guys call it process, but it's definitely process. So I definitely think for, for me, it's about making sure that you're not letting those people bring you back down to the level that you were at. If you want to raise yourself up, you need to be around the five people that you, where you want to be. That's the whole point. You need to be around the five people. That's what Jim Rohn says. That's what so many of the mentors say. They say you are the equivalent of five people. So if you look at the five people that you follow the most, that you speak to the most, that you interact with the most, you take their yearly salary, you divide, that's what you're earning. So if you're around four millionaires and you, then you're going to be a millionaire because they're going to lift you up to that level. You want to be, I think there was another saying, you want to be the stupidest, uh, you don't want to be the most intelligent person in the room. You know, you want to be the person with the least knowledge and that's how you gain the most knowledge. So I think, I think yep. that's a really crucial part. So I was doing these lives and I, I just wasn't feeling it. So what happened was, uh, Morgan, about June, July last year, less than a year ago, less than a year ago, I do cold calls every day. I make 100 cold calls a day, every day. I can make three, I think 330 is my record. It was a rubbish day. It was crap. It was really poor. By the way, if anybody says they cold call and they throw figures at you, ask them about their average call time. Multiply that average call time with the number they said, and then you call them out. So if they say, I make 500 calls today, you say, what's your average call time? Two minute 25. Do two minute 25 times 500. And when you come up with like 26 hours, something's wrong. So just to, just to let yeah. you know that as well. There's certain dialers out there that dial three times. 
you're only calling somebody once, but they're counting as three times. Anyway, I've done call calls in IKEA. I was in IKEA for a long time. I was in there for maybe two, three months. They do free hot chocolate for family members. Obviously, I've got five children. I'm a big, big customer of IKEA. You know, they, they should be endorsing me, not not the other way around. So I was in IKEA and uh, I was there for a long time, making call calls. I was I've done call calls in the back of my car, so I've literally moved the seat forward, the driver's seat. I've, by the way, the driver's seat is supposed to be on the right, not on the left, if you catch my drift. And then <laughs> I've had my, uh, I've had my, my laptop on my, on my lap, and I, and I've made cold calls through my app on my phone, so it dials like a UK number, not a mobile number, and it dials my landline number. I've made cold calls in my, in the back of my car. I've made cold calls in McDonald's. I've made cold calls anywhere. Starbucks, Costa Coffee. One of my best customers was on a Sunday. Somebody asked me the other day, do I cold call on a Sunday? And I say not as much as I want to because of the family, uh, and I find balance is very difficult to achieve. But I have got one of my best customers I got on a Sunday, like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. So I think for me, it's like the the balance of, of the cold calling. It came on the Facebook profile page and then I moved, I transitioned into the group. So I was still doing the cold calling on my on my own page. But then I joined every cold calling group that exists in Facebook. And I'm still waiting for the request to join from like 10. And I don't think if they ever if they know if they didn't know about me now before they're going to know about me now. There was one particular group that I joined called Sales Talk with Sales Pros. It's a big sales group, eighty thousand yeah. people. Join the group, message the admins, message the moderators, put up a post in the group. Would anybody be okay if I did any live cold calling sessions? The the post went viral. It went nuts. It was like yeah yeah yeah. But I said no. I'd rather wait for permission. You know, and somebody always said it's better to. What's the saying, Morgan? It's better to uh, better to apologize. ask for forgiveness than beg for permission, or beg for forgive forgiveness than ask for permission. Then ask for permission. But I asked for permission first. It was just the way I did it. <clears throat> so I joined some other groups. So some group I had one viewer, zero viewers, three viewers. But this one group was from the first time I jumped in and did a, a live cold calling session. It was crazy, like. 1,000, 2,000 views. But obviously what I realized is the group had a certain mentality to the group and there was a certain direction that the owners of the group wanted uh, people to go into and it was against what I believe in. So our philosophies didn't match at all. They said cold calling was dead. The word I think was used archaic. I think the admin used that word uh, many times. I had to Google that word. I think it was old. <laughs> means old, you know. I kind of got that it meant something <laughs> negative, you know, but I didn't think he meant new and hip, uh, yeah. viral, you know. It meant something old and dying. So basically, I was like, okay, that's cool, but like, I'm going to still do my cold calling, you know. And everyone's up for this automation, and maybe, I don't know if you've got time to discuss all things like that in terms of social media and social selling and all these different uh, styles of uh, sales that people have come up with in the last, the last 10, 15 years, especially in maybe the last few years. Well, what are your uh, thoughts on that? Bro, I don't know. Do you want me to be really upfront with you? Absolutely. There's always a magic bullet that people are looking for, the secret sauce. What you have to understand is that the reason why Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, the Dale Carnegie, that era, the reason why those books and those readings are so popular to this day is because they were. They took it from people before them. For example, being nice to somebody, being polite giving you don't give to receive you just give somebody breaks their card you know they've broken their car down 20 cars will go past i stop i help the person when i've broken down people have stopped they've helped me these philosophies and these foundations these virtues if you like 
they will always be there. For the history of mankind, they've always been there from the beginning. They'll be there when we die and when we're gone, when our kids' kids have gone. They'll always be there. And <clears throat> as a human being, I believe you naturally look for the easier option, the fight or flight syndrome. You always look for the option that is the least amount of resistance, the least amount of effort for what you perceive as the most amount of reward. Now, I get there's obviously two sides of the, the story. People think that cold calling doesn't work. They're obviously not going to get along with me. But there's another side of people that, that say to me, I work extremely hard, maybe too hard, but I enjoy what I do. I mm -hmm. enjoy what I do. I don't want to. I had a discussion with somebody about automation just yesterday. I have a discussion with everybody about automation every day. And I've just blown out the water. I'm like, why would I want to automate my company? Why would I want to scale my company? Why would I want to leverage my company? Because I don't right now. People are saying, why don't you sell on eBay and Amazon? Because I don't want to. The only people that can order the inks and toners from Charles at Stead, Charles Stead at Stead Supplies are the people that have my number and my email. Ring me, motherfucker. Ring me. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. I'm not looking to be a millionaire from selling ink. I don't believe, 35, that I'm going to go through the rest of my life selling ink. And I'm not saying it's a means to an end. It's something I extremely enjoy. But who's to say that the next step couldn't be something more, couldn't be something better, couldn't be something that could give more value to the world? But each one teach one, so stick with the one person that you give value to. But in terms of the way the world is going, isn't it ironic that digital marketers are cold calling companies to try and give them tips on, and, and try and give them value on why they should pay for digital marketing? Yeah. They cold called them to ask them that question. They cold called them to ask that question. The reason why they cold called them is because they sent out a cold email, didn't get a response. Sent out a bloody warm email, hot email, didn't get a response. Sent LinkedIn friend request, didn't get a response. Sent out funnel, took their email address, took their name, their email address, called them, didn't, whatever. Cold calling is a disruptor. You're disrupting the person's flow. That's why you've got to look at the psychology of the human brain. 10% of what I'm saying is only remembered 10 minutes after I said it. That's why it takes X amount of time to listen to an audio, read a book. That's why sometimes you need to read a book or listen to an audio and it suddenly something clicks and you could have been listening to the same audio for like three years running and something will click and it'll be like, I never heard that guy. I listened to Jim Rowan. I never heard Jim Rowan say that before in the audio. Seven hour audio. I never heard him say that before, but he says it in the audio. He says, you need to listen to this audio many times and something will click. So when it comes to automation and technology, I agree you should leverage it if you need it for scalability, 100%. Amazon couldn't be where it is right now. eBay couldn't be where it is right now. Facebook, all these technology companies couldn't be where they are right now without technology, 100%. I agree, 100 million percent. But isn't it funny, and I don't know if this is the same over in America, you get on a bus stop, you wait on a bus stop, 10 people waiting. Nobody's speaking to each other. What are they doing, Morgan? These people, these 10 people, what are they all doing? On the phone. You go into a town centre or city centre. You walk through the city centre. These people are bumping into each other because their faces are glued to their phones. You go into the cinema. I was in this. People are going in there in groups of three, four, and there's one person still on the phone. It's light in the cinema because they just can't let the notifications light or they can't let a message go. You look, you go to Nando's restaurant. And you see a couple and they're on their phones and they're opposite each other. People are not having those conversations, those interactions. That's what it takes. I think there's a guy called 
Simon, I hope I remember his name, Simon Sinek, maybe? And he yeah. did a 20 minute, he did a 20 minute interview, maybe it was longer. I watched it. It's a God's honest truth. It's a couple of years ago. I had an iPhone 6 Plus at the time. I've still got an iPhone 6 Plus. I had an iPhone 6 Plus. Watched the video on a Saturday morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. Watched the video for 20 minutes. The next thing I did, it's God's honest truth. I got in my car. I sold my phone. I sold it. Sold it? It's gone by a few. Sold it. Gone. Because I was addicted to my phone. I watched the video. I was like, this phone's gone. I bought a Nokia phone. I bought a Nokia phone. You can't even get on the internet. <laughs> This was a few years ago, obviously, you know, this was a few, uh, maybe, I don't know, three, three years ago, maybe four years ago. So the point is, it affected me the way he said it and the way he explained the new generation coming through, the Generation X, I think they call it. These, they're coming through and they can't even have relationships with each other, let alone a stranger. You know, if you can't have a relationship with somebody who's been your best friend or somebody you're in a relationship with, then how the hell are you going to have a relationship with a stranger? What is a cold call? It's a conversation with a stranger. So why do the people that are against cold calling, why are they so against it? It's because they're so against having a conversation with just somebody on a bus stop or walking down the street. It's a crazy, crazy world we live in. And I say this, I think I may have said it in the cold calling pros group. I think I said it maybe. I said it somewhere. If I'm the last man standing with his little flag rooting for cold calling, then so be it. If I'm the guy who has to keep the teachings of the OGs, the Ogmandinos, the Norman Vincent Peels, the Zig Ziglars, if I've got to keep the teachings of these guys, if I've got to keep it going, then so be it. Morgan, I'll be the last. Do you know what, mate? It's not about monetary benefits for me. You get paid on the value that you bring to the marketplace. Absolutely. You, if you, you, have everything, you can get everything that you want if you give as many people what they want. So I'm onto something. I don't know exactly know what it is, but I know that this group, and hopefully we'll talk about the boiler room a little bit more. And to home. Welcome home to cold callers across the world in different time zones. And I swear to you on that. I literally did a video call from somebody from Singapore, Australia, and America, and me, four of us on one call. And it was crazy. I think the, the Singapore was 3 a.m. I think Australia it was like 5 a.m. I think America was like, I don't know what, it was eight hours behind me, and it was like nine o'clock for me or whatever. And it was like six hours behind me. It's crazy. And these are all cold callers. I'm bringing all cold callers together. And it's because of that. It's because of that. Um, is it worth mentioning about what happened with sales talk with sales pros or not? Yeah, we can. Everything uh, happens for a reason, I suppose. So yeah. everything happens for a reason. But yeah, let's finish up with boiler room for sure. So the concept of the boiler room is using Zoom as a platform. I think Zoom has just gone public. That company is incredible. I think their platform is brilliant. Used it before. It's fantastic. So I was thinking of a way of getting my my Facebook lives, my live power hours. I was by myself still, even though I was comments and emojis and whatever, lots of views. And I always used to get a personal message back after every live. I usually get two messages. One message, I think you reached out to me as well after a, a live. And, uh, and I get a message asking me for a job. So it's all good in terms of the interaction. It's brilliant. I wanted the group to have more than just Charles Stead. So I thought of a platform, Zoom. And then we were spitballing, we were brainstorming, me and a couple of the guys. And one guy said, the boiler room. I said, that's a fucking hell yeah. Definitely, man. The boiler room, 100%. That's where it's, let's create a boiler room. So then I then got the, the name was the boiler room. But then obviously the concept then, the idea, we had to run with it. And we obviously don't know each other. 
as well as hopefully we will in the future. But when I have an idea, I like to act on it. I don't just like it sitting there. You know, yes. what's that saying? Not knowledge on ice is worse than something on fire. My, my mentor used to say it to me all the time. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's, uh, you'll have to read it. Oh, to get it right, it's, it's like having knowledge uh, on ice. You're not using the knowledge you have, but the person on fire mm-hmm. who has no knowledge, they're still moving forward. While you have all yeah. the knowledge, you're keeping it all to yourself. So there's, <laughs> we discussed it. We discussed it there's in the Zoom. We were discussing it in the Zoom, the boiler room. Boom. The next day, boiler room opened. Boiler room opened. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We thought, right, let's get all the cold callers in one room. 100%. Let's get everyone in one room. Let's get everyone cold calling. There's 100 spaces. Let's get a, let's get everybody in there cold calling. We didn't even know what the hell we were doing. It's been open two weeks. It's going to be crazy. So the boiler room is, uh, the concept of the boiler room is a place where people who cold call, they work from home or they may work in a company, but they want to give value. They want to take value. And they want to be in a place where they're not judged. They want to be in a place where they want to learn, grow. You know, the essence of life is growth. I truly believe in that. Every day is a school day. I'm, I'm definitely a student. I'm not a teacher. And I think for me, I think cold calling is something that is such a difficult attribute to master as a sales in your sales toolbox. I think you guys call it in America. It's something that is extremely important to master because it then has a knock-on effect to life as well. And I think this boiler room will come into play. It's already alive and kicking, but it will come into play when people see the value of coming in and you'll see a screen of other cold callers uh, all around the world. Wow. I mean, that's powerful. Absolutely. That's powerful. So the boiler room is, the link is posted daily in the Cold Calling Pros Facebook group. It's opened up every day at 3 a.m. at the moment uh, by a gentleman called Meng in Singapore. I wake up, as you know, a little bit early. I'm in the boiler room with Meng. Then it continues with myself all the way through to about six. And then I've got some West Coast guys keeping it going till about 12. And then we've got an Australian guy that's hopefully going to keep it open till about three. But I say keep it open. The idea, the vision is to have people in it at, at all times. The world's first 24-hour boiler room. We, st- we have the title of the world's first 20. I mean, if anybody else wants to take that title, just hit me up and send me a link and I'll go into it because I'm practically awake for 24 hours. So I'll... I'll I'll watch that stream for 24 hours just to see if you're lying or not, you know. But this is built for 24-hour boiler room where people can come in, they can make their calls, they can listen. Now, can you imagine a green pea, a newbie? Can you imagine somebody inexperienced a cold calling? They're being influenced by people who say cold calling is dead. Right. They're being influenced by people who say cold calling is not effective. Yep. You can get on the phone, you can make money right now. You can get on the phone and you can forge a long-term business relationship right now this very second. So for me, this boiler room will epitomize everything that I stand for, but it'll be for everybody. The lives, the power hour session, they're just Charles Stead. It's just me. It's just me talking to people, joking back and forth. Recently started putting music on there. It's good. It's fantastic. I love it. But the boiler room is for everybody. There's another format to the boiler room, which is going to be the webinar boiler room. And that is an extension of the power hour session. So that will be streamed live into Facebook. I've been doing a testing phase. Whilst live, by the way, Morgan. So I've been doing a test nice. phase in front of thousands of people, which I think is pretty cool because I've been asking for feedback. So what we want to do is we want to get people in the webinar. We want to get people involved. So there's a space for 100 panelists. And I, the vision is to get those 100 panelists to be cold callers, all making cold calls. And then what we want to do is, is there's a space for 10,000 attendees. And what we want to do is we want to get people from the Facebook Live into the webinar. And then we want to get them as attendees. And in Zoom as an t- attendee, there's no video. There's no audio. You, the host has to say, allow to talk, or you can put your hand up. 
There's also a question, a Q&A uh, section to it. You can do the Q&A and people can answer the Q&A. Other perspectives of cold calling, people who haven't been doing it for very long, people who are veteran like myself, 17 years cold calling, you know, people who right in the middle of their career, people who are having a slump, people who are in the zone. You're going to get different people for different languages, selling different things, products, services, dreams, ideas, visions, whatever. You know, you're going to, this boiler room is going to be incredible, but there's going to be two different types of boiler rooms. They're going to be the normal boiler room that is not recorded, not streaming live. But then you're going to have the webinar style boiler room, which is going to be like the live power hours. And I'm going to make sure that continues because the growth of the, the live streams have obviously been really good. And I get amazing feedback every single day. I can't stop doing that. So for me, I'm still selling ink. You know, there's no difference in that. I'm still selling ink. I'm still running my business. It's interesting. The most ironic thing is, I'm on social media 24-7, but my business isn't. That, that's the really strange kind <laughs> yeah. of parallel. It's crazy that I'm not promoting my own business. I, I don't promote it. I don't promote it anyway. Um, there's another concept of group as well, the hashtag daily CCC, that, the daily cold calling crew. So the group is called the cold calling pros, CCP, cold calling pros, CCP boiler room. That's the name of the boiler room. The hashtag daily CCC. I joined Eric Thomas's Breathe University. Loved it. They've got an accountability call on Zoom every day, 6 a.m. UK, uh, US time, uh, East Coast time. Brilliant. And then they have another one, West Coast time. Fantastic. But what I found amazing with the accountability of it, but I needed more. I needed more than what they were offering in that call. I needed more specific accountability. So I reached out to a few guys. I said, listen, I want to create an accountability group of people who are consistent and they're disciplined and they realize that accountability mixed with consistency and discipline is the route to long-lasting success not flash in the pan, here one minute, gone the next. I want to be here for a long time, so I'm going to be accountable to what I say. And if I don't reach what I say, I make 100 cold calls a day. I didn't make 100 cold calls today, but I'm still willing to go on a video, hashtag it daily CCC, and say, guys, told you this morning, or I told you yes, I'm going to make 100 calls. I've only made six. But that's not the point. The point isn't to hit the target. The point is to remain accountable to yourself, whether you're winning or whether you're losing, whether you're a success or whether you're a failure, whether you Love or hate, there's always a fine line between the two. You can't have success without failure. You know, you can't. It's impossible to have that. You can't. The two entwined, the two are combined together. So the hashtag DailyCCC, if you type into the search bar of the cold calling pros group and you type hashtag DailyCCC, you will see the videos pop, 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 all over the world. This ain't the Charles Stead show. I post a video daily, Monday through to Sunday. 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever. Short videos. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. You're going to get people who do it for two days. They go MIA. You're going to get people who do it every day for the year. They're going to have the best results they've ever had, ever. Not because of me, but because of the accountability that they hold to themselves. Charles, you said you were going to make 100 cold calls yesterday. You haven't done it. Okay, doesn't affect me if you haven't done it. But Charles, you said you were going to do it. And now I'm just, I'm just calling you out on that. I'm just calling you out on that. But with the videos, this is where the live videos now is now transitioning into videos. I'm getting some guys on there. You're going to have to do a bit of research on there, Morgan. Some of these guys are coming on the video and they're, they're saying, they're coming on and they're saying, my name's Oscar. I've never done a video before, but Charles said he is not going to speak to me until I do my first daily CCC. Because <laughs> they all say they're going to do it tomorrow. Bro, what's this hashtag daily CCC? I'd love to be involved. Okay, bro, post a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nine o'clock. I'll do it tomorrow. I say, okay, cool. Uh, if you do it now, 
then I'll keep speaking to you. If you do it tomorrow, then the conversation's over until you do it. It's not me forcing people to do it. I'm just telling people, you said you were going to do the video. Tomorrow is not a given. You don't know which day is going to be your next. You don't know which day is going to be your last. You don't know. Religious or not religious, you don't know when your time is going to come. So why not give your all today? Why not empty the tank today? You have 84,000 seconds in a day. Everyone's got the same amount of seconds. What are you doing with that? That's why I sleep four to five hours. Morgan, I may be shaving years off my life with how little I sleep. <laughs> but listen, what a life. What a life. I've led the life on my terms to my schedule, to the way that I want to do things. Instead of living another 5, 10, 15 years and living a life based on another person's terms, based on another person's ideas. So the cold calling pros group is about motivation. It's about inspiration. And I think for me, it's just going to, it's a reflection of myself, but I don't want it to be about myself. And I came up with my first strap line today. Do you want to hear it? Let's hear it. My first strap line, baby. You've got to be motivated to get on the phone. You need to be inspired day on the phone. Yep. Like that shit? So I, like I said it. it really dramatically as well. Yeah. <laughs> I said it to a friend of mine on a call uh, a couple of hours ago. And I said, bro, that shit sounded good. He's like, bro, it did. And then he said it. And then I wrote it down. He's like, bro, man, you've got to get that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in a, in a picture of myself. I'm going to put it in a picture of myself. I'm going to get my 10-year-old daughter to edit, edit the picture and put the caption in the picture. And that's going to be my first motivational picture ever. That's the one. You're blown away by this new Morgan. Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just a great stream of value. Absolutely. It's been incredible to speak with you again. You forgot we were even on a podcast after a while. I did. I was just getting really into listening to you in the conversation, man. But um, yeah, I feel like anyone who cold calls or even does you know sales, talks to prospects and customers for a living can get value out of what you said especially with the, not just stuff about consistency and accountability, but really the inner game type stuff, right? Attitude, the self-talk, or having the right attitude, speaking to yourself the right way, and being yourself, using your personality as an asset. And that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on, is because I knew you were going to touch on those points. I know those concepts, those principles are so important, but they don't get talked enough, not online, enough online, because they're not bright, shiny objects, right? And there's always a new tool, a new app, um, a new piece of software, but the tactics change often, the strategies sometimes change, but the principles never change, right? And what you just brought was straight principles to the table that anyone can use, right, to to not only sell, but just live a better life on, on their terms. So I really appreciate you sharing all of that. What's the best way for people to get in reach with you if they want to chat with you about what you said today, if they're interested in the group or the boiler room? What, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, no, I'm not on social media at all. No, I'm joking. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll have to write to me. No, I, um, they can. They, they just search my name, Charles Stead. It's probably the last best picture I've got of myself. I keep myself. And that's a good point as well. I, you know, the, the scruffiness look, the hoodies. You haven't mentioned the hoodies, yep. bro. So people comment on there, why don't I look smarter? My, my partner, why don't you paint the office? You're broadcasting to the world. I'm like, I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling anything to these people. I'm selling on the phone inks and toners, products, business to businesses in the UK. I'm not selling anything to the people watching. 
So the patchy beard, I don't know what the fuck it's patchy, but Anthony Hamilton, the R&B singer, uh, Will I Am. Well, they have patchy beards. Is that Anthony Hamilton? Is that Anthony Hamilton? Yeah, it is, yeah. R&B singer. And he's got a patchy beard. Will I Am's got a patchy beard. Would you go to Will I Am and say, well, man, come on. You need to you need to clean up your act, man. These hats are getting out of out of control. <laughs> like your dress sense is crazy, bro. What the fuck? So for me, it's you said about keeping it real and the philosophies and things like that and the, and the principles and the straight talk. You know, I'm talking to you very straight and from my perspective of honesty, my truth. That that's where I'm talking from, Morgan. My truth. Well, guess what? When I do the lives, sometimes I don't want to fucking do it. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes I don't want to get on the phone. I'm a strange person. I love cold calling, but sometimes there is times when I don't want to do it. So, sure. so the the scruffy look and the hair, you know, the because I'm mixed race, the afro comes out, and and I'm just like, yeah, I do feel a bit better when I have a shave. I feel much better when I have a shave and I have my haircut, bloody blah, blah, blah. But this is real life. This is real life. I'm working from home with four children under the age of ten, and I've got another one as well. So for me. I don't even have enough time to go to the toilet by myself type of thing, you know, without, without having yeah. someone fucking call me and knock on the door and don't have any time for myself. <laughs> so the look is all part of it. It's basically showing people that you don't need to stand up and move around the, the office and wear a shirt and tie. I've, I wore a shirt and tie from the age of 18 all the way through to the point I started working myself. I haven't worn a shirt and tie in two years. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm not saying I'm opposed to it because I used to wear it every single day. Shoes, trousers, shirt, tie. I looked really smart. I was dressed to the nine. Beautiful, fantastic. Shaving, hair short, brilliant. But listen, this is the journey, Morgan. This is the journey. And I hope people, if they hear this, and then they go and research me, and I smartened up my act, and they're like, what patchy beard is he on about, Morgan? Because this guy, I've researched him, and he just looks smart on every call. <laughs> on every live, this guy looks. He looks amazing, you know, he looks shiny. I'll be like, yeah, man, I've got a makeup team now. I'm famous. So I think you're going back to being real to yourself. And I think that's the most important thing. So if you want to get hold of me, you can look me up on Facebook. My name's Charles Stead. You can go into the Cold Calling Pros. I'm an admin on the Cold Calling Pros. The other admin is a guy called Keith, but he doesn't do any work. So don't message him because he probably won't message you back. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that's the, I mean, I've got a work email address. It's, it's charles at Stead Supplies. So it's charles at my surname supplies.co.uk but to be honest unless you're ordering ink i'm not really interested in connecting via email you know but apart from that i mean i've got an instagram superman sales so superman is my nickname uh with a few friends they call me superman nothing to do with the actual superman they call me superman for a few different reasons to do more with my work ethic and then they call me superman which is a huge compliment from from people that i think work hard themselves and then i just changed my instagram to superman sales I had a mindset page called Charles Peter Lawstead Mindset. And then, do you know what, bro? We haven't even gone into my dad. My dad was born in 1922. He was a, a fighter pilot in World War II as a flight lieutenant. And he actually went up to America to do his, to get his pilot's license. He had to do like 20,000 hours or, or not hours, maybe, to, to, do, to get the license in America. He was in Alabama. And then my dad was also an architect. If you Google Peter Stead Architect, and look on Wikipedia, look on his obituaries in The Guardian, which is a national newspaper in a, over here in the UK. And oh, yeah. he actually was a visiting lecturer at Pittsburgh University. My dad is a worldwide renowned architect. Now, we talked about what I just said, about the, the inspiration, about being on the call. Uh, we talked about motivation, gets you riled up, what keeps you going. I've got a picture of one of my dad's houses. I want to buy it. 
and I want to put it into my children's names. That is my lasting legacy. Not Charles Stead, but I want to buy my dad's houses back. I want to put it into the Stead name. I want to split it with the five children so that they can never sell it or whatever. At least one of them will think about selling it. And then when I'm dead and gone, my dad's houses will continue. But the houses are worth a lot of money, so I need to earn a lot of money to buy them. So that is my lasting legacy. That That's what I want to leave in this world. I want to buy them back and I want to put them back into the family. That's so awesome. research yeah, my dad. Yeah, yeah that's what you can <laughs> okay. do. Research my dad. Just do that. Do that. You don't need to worry about me. Just do that. But yeah, so um, yeah, that's, that's it, bro. I mean, thank you so much for reaching out. I've been asked to come on different podcasts. I've said yes to everybody, but they never seem to come backwards, whatever. It doesn't bother me. But I think that you're going to be hugely successful. You've clearly got a good format that works. You've got a good niche uh, that you're passionate about, Morgan. And um, and I think you're going to be extremely successful yourself. You've just got to remain consistent, disciplined, accountable to your actions, you know, accountable to that. And I think you'll be fine yourself. So thank you very, very much for having me on. It's been an absolute and utter play. It's my third podcast, baby. There you go. Love it. Awesome, man. Great speaking with you, and I know we'll be chatting soon, but thanks for giving some great value to the audience, man. I appreciate it. Listen, we've been on the phone for a while on this podcast. Yes, sir. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I'm in the UK. Who who do I send the bill to? Because I've called in America. All right, got to go. See you later. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you research your name, Morgan. I'm going to do that. You've got to do it, bro. You've got to do it. You said that last time. I'm going to do it. Well, we just spoke, you know, a week ago, so. No, bro, it's two weeks ago. Come on, you're making excuses. Two weeks. All right, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do a long it. Time, bro. You're gonna do it tonight. Do it tonight. Listen, it's been amazing connecting. I mean, <laughs> um, if everything I mean, if everything goes well, I mean, would you be happy for us to connect again a year down the line to see the growth, hopefully the progress and everything? Absolutely, man. I think that could be good for the audience, you know? If we can try and keep the time time scale between the two podcasts, and then we could look into where where am I, you know, three hundred sixty five days later or whatever. You know? Let's do it, hundred percent. All right, bro. Well, um, this is it. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. All right, man. We'll chat soon. Hundred percent, bro. Um, thank you very much for the audience for listening as well, and uh, and 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 I'll speak to you guys soon. Morgan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, bro. Same here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.